0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ultimately, you am going to keep saying it, get 1% better every day, just get a little bit better every day.
1: Welcome back. To 1% better. Colts got better this week. James Boyd joined by Zach Kiefer. Much different podcast, I think, coming this week. Following that win than the one we did last week where it felt like doomsday. And we've got a lot to get into. Obviously the Colts' best performance of the year. Not sure we saw that coming. We thought they would play better. But here we are talking on a Monday after a 20-17 to 17 upset of the Kansas City Chiefs. Unbelievable defensive performance. Unbelievable special teams performance. We'll get into the offense and the issues but they got the drive at the end to win the game. Didn't have Jelani Woods catching the game when he down, but here we are. That's why it's fun. You don't know what's going to happen. Congrats, James, on covering your first NFL victory. How did we get here? How did they win this game?
2: I don't know what Bob Kravitz, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can't give Kravitz credit for this. <laughs> was, was thinking. First time he's been positive in his whole career. <laughs>
2: exactly. I don't know who th- he was thinking or drinking or whatever. But um, he was one of the few who who picked him to win. And jokes aside, I think that, one, you got the drive you needed to when you had to have it, and that's why Matt Ryan was brought here. And then, number two, Kansas City had some crazy, uncharacteristic issues just all across the board that the Colts capitalized on. And, number three, defense and special teams, like you just talked about, but specifically for the defense – they were lights out. I mean they got a couple breaks there. I know Travis Kelsey dropped a touchdown pass that he'd probably catch nine times out of ten 99 times out of a 100. but they tell you it's a game of inches and it looked like it yesterday. so that's one of those things where I'm learning that I can't ride a wave too high or too low because the NFL is just nuts. I don't think there is a league that has more just parity because you just never know that's why you play the game and they got to win. So they're 1-1-1. One, one, and one. So they still like 500 technically, but it counts. It's like the most
1: 500 <laughs> record I've ever seen, right? A couple of things I want to hit on off the top. You're right. Like there is so much parody and that's why it's fun. And, and Frank Reich was right when he said after the game that this is what they want to look like. This is what they want to be. Now we'll get into the issues. And he didn't step away from those issues, especially on the offensive line. But that's why Matt Ryan was brought here. You nailed that. Like when Frank Reich talked about Matt Ryan in the spring, he said, look, he's older. He's a pocket guy. He maybe doesn't have the same arm he, arm he did five years ago. But 42 game-winning drives, that matters to them. And this was a team last year that continually coughed it up in the biggest of moments. There were so many games where they needed one play. And this is defense and offense. But the players knew this and the players felt this. They were 2-5 and in one-score games last year. You win one of those games, you're in the postseason, and it's a totally different year. Last, you know, yesterday, you know, and I think you even go back to Houston. It's like Matt Ryan won them the game in Houston as far as I'm concerned. But yesterday, you know, there is a talent, there is a skill to be able to put bad football behind you in the same day and deliver, and they got some help from the Chris Jones penalty, there's no doubt. But what Matt Ryan did in the last drive is exactly what they brought him here to be. 27 for 37, 222, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Dude needs to stop fumbling the football. Line needs to start protecting better. But you have to win games when you don't play great. That's the name of this league, and I watched Peyton do that for years. Now, they, at their best, they would crush teams, and it wouldn't even be close but Peyton and those teams won a lot of games when they weren't at their best and that's what the Colts have missed the last couple years. When they're not at their best, they find a way to lose the game. And Colts fans out there know this. The Buffalo game in the playoffs. I mean, there's absolutely no reason they shouldn't have won that game. But to make a long point quicker, um you got to win when you're not at your best and you got to win in those last couple minutes when it's what's a one or two point game and 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 Ryan delivered and that that I think is my biggest takeaway was They can look bad for part of the game, but they have a quarterback they're going to trust in the moments that matter, and that's the biggest difference from 2021.
2: They also had some no-name guys coming into this season to step up. Alec Pierce, I know Jelani Woods obviously is going to get a ton of credit. He should. He had the only two touchdowns of the game for the Colts.
1: Not an easy catch for the
2: game winner. The game winner, that was a great catch, and it was also funny because the guy he caught it on, Thornhill, also went to Virginia, so... Thornhill yesterday tweeted out like a sign of respect, like, hey, from one, you know, Cavalier to the other, respect. And I think that's huge for Jelani Woods' confidence. I think it was huge for Alec Pierce's confidence. And I talked to a few players in the locker room, older players like Mo Ali Cox, Naheem Hines, and they were saying like, of course, we're excited, we're, we're, we're thrilled to get this win. But just big picture wise, you need to have those moments where you do it on the biggest stage to get that confidence. You can only talk about it so much. No one else can give it to you. And I do think, you know, those two gained a considerable, considerable amount of confidence. So it was a growing up moment, I felt like, for this team. Now, obviously, there's still more work to be done, but to throw it to your rookie tight end for game.
1: Yeah, in a game you got to have. It was a good day for the GM who's been under a lot of fire as well. And in my conversations with Chris Bowd over the last month, it's how do you feel about this wide receiver group? I don't like it. How do you feel about this tight end group? I don't like it. And he said it's going to take some time. And he believed in these guys, and it, it didn't look good the first couple of weeks. You were there in Houston when nobody made a play, and then they did something late, and you were there in Jacksonville when they didn't have any receivers to throw to. And they really, really stepped up. And, and let's not overlook Pierce. That's a good point. Like that dude – did exactly what they brought him here to do, that vertical route on the sideline. And then the third down, there was a huge play you know. late. And, and Paris Campbell made a third down catch. And Grantson, Grantson had some moments, if you watch the tape, that really looked good. A couple of them were on special teams, but this team doesn't have a dynamic quarterback that's going to take over games. And until Jonathan Taylor starts doing that, and I think he will, I think he's close, they're going to need contributions from all of them. And so we'll get into the defense in a minute, but Matt Ryan was really clutch when he needed to be But the key, I think, was Pierce and Woods and those, like you said, no-name guys stepping up. And like Ryan said, you don't know who's going to flinch until you're in that moment. And you look at them in the huddle, and those guys need to do it on Sundays because, man, Woods had a rough training camp. I wrote it. I said it on the radio. Like, that dude dropped a lot of passes. He looked lost. He looked like he wasn't going to contribute right away. And then when Ogletree goes down, he doesn't have a choice. That was why it was so surprising yesterday. But good for Jelani Woods, man. Your name was called and you stepped up and, and you helped this team win a game that nobody had them pick to win.
2: Naheem Hines called it a movie moment. And I talked to Jelani Woods about it. I had talked to him a few weeks ago about being from the Atlanta area, playing with a guy who he once watched as a kid at training camp. Quite honestly, Zach, if someone hands you the script to that, you know, for a Hollywood movie or something, you're like, this is the corniest thing ever. This is garbage. Like, why would you even put this trash out there? But it really happened. He lived out his dream. I mean, it's one thing to catch your first touchdown pass in your home opener and first first catch of your career as a touchdown. But the second one to also be a touchdown, and for
1: a game? Against a good team yeah, and that I, might end up winning the whole thing and, at the and, end of the year.
2: And I was joking with Mo'Ali Cox. I was like... Where does he go from here? He's batting a thousand. I was like, he's he's two for two with two touchdowns, and you know Mo's like, he's got to go five for five now. You know we we need some more of those touchdowns, and that would be do, great. They need more. But again, I do think from a broader perspective, that not only gives confidence to Jelani, but just the entire tight end room. Like, hey, this group can do some things. And again, he had 13 yards in receiving yards. What does it matter? It just means when you're down there in the end zone. Jelani Woods is a huge target. He's a mismatch. He's six, six. Yeah. I mean, if you go back and look at the play, Thornhill, he was all over him. It was good coverage. Yeah, it was good coverage. It's just that one guy's 6'7", and the other guy isn't. Throw a jump ball up there and let him play basketball, and he, he grabbed it and it didn't bobble it at all, unlike the Travis Kelsey two-point conversion weird thing that happened earlier. I thought it was game. a bad call. I don't know what that was, but Jelani really – I mean, there was no doubt. The ball didn't move as soon as he grabbed it. Just from a – storytelling perspective and just being like a fan of sports and things like that it was really cool to see him you know just wide-eyed in the locker room saying like yeah I haven't even checked my phone yet but as soon as I do I know I probably won't even be able to respond to everyone because I can only imagine how many people were blowing up his phone and and telling him congratulations so yeah that, that locker room was rocking you know, it was a little spicy from from some players, you know, uh, shout out to Shaquille Leonard. He was he was fired up. And um, jokes aside, Zach, the way he's moving on the sideline and how fired up he was. I was like, I don't know what entails as far as like football ready, but he was moving and jumping and, and lunging and doing a bunch of stuff to make it seem as if that back feels pretty good.
1: I noticed that as well. And and to put a bow on the Jelani Woods conversation, someone told me this years ago, and I've never forgot it. No matter what they say publicly, quarterbacks throw to guys they trust. They do it. We've seen it with with Andrew and T.Y. and with Jacoby and T.Y. and Andrew and, and Jack Doyle. And we saw it last year with Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman. You throw to the guys you believe in. And we'll see if Jelani Woods can become that consistently for Matt Ryan. But in that moment, Matt Ryan trusted his rookie tight end who grew up watching him when he was in Atlanta. And that's going to help that relationship. And that's big. That's big. They're going to keep going to Jelani Woods in the end zone. And that's why they drafted him. And they need that this year. They absolutely need that because they lost that when Jack Doyle retired. So we'll see on Leonard. I keep going back on forth in this because we finally got some info on Friday, right, regarding when is he going to come back. And Frank Reich basically said that he's not moving like he was before. He's getting closer, but he's not there yet. And the tape doesn't match what he did last season. Now, last season, he was playing with a bum ankle, and he still had 14 takeaways and all that. The back of my mind is telling me, like, this is a back injury, and this has lingered for three and a half years, and, like, don't put him out there until he's ready. Like, don't do it. And I know it hurts the team, and I know they're not the same team without Leonard, and I get all that, but back injuries just always have an alarm bell going off in my head. Now, not to discount other surgeries, an ACL surgery – a shoulder surgery, God knows how much time I've spent talking about shoulder surgeries, but with this, and with this guy, like, this needs to be right, and I think think they're making the right approach, and I know fans are frustrated that he's not out there, they're not getting all the information out there. They didn't say there was a timetable, that has proven true, but watching him, didn't you feel like He's got to be close, right? And I don't want to presume, you know, presume anything, but he's got to be close. He, he told me the fire. And wouldn't is still it be burning. something if he came back? If he came back for this home game against the Titans?
2: Oh man, for sure. He told me, you know, that fire's still burning. You all thought that fire was out, and
1: so, who thought the fire was out? Hey, look, I never thought the fire was out.
2: Look, man, not for him personally, but after that Jacksonville loss, I definitely thought the fire was out. They look, they look lifeless. But that's football. You move on to the next week, and they and they play well. And jokes aside, though. I did talk to him in the locker room and asked him. And just a quick side note, I got a feedback that I don't say axed right. I'll try to say it better. I'm working on it.
1: I think it's your thing. I but, think you just roll with but it. But it is
2: what it is. But anyways, talking to him and just really just asking him, hey, how, what was it like to see the other side of it, to see Jelani step up from a defensive perspective? Because you know the read they're trying to make. And he's like, I knew like the coverage they were going to be in. I trusted him. We all trusted in him. So I think that's a moment where you can really come together. And you saw the joy from both sides. Like when Jelani Woods caught the touchdown pass, the defense is going nuts. Like, okay, we got to go finish the job. And then defensively, when Stefan Gilmore makes the huge uh, you know, deflection and Rodney McLeod intercepts it, you got Matt Ryan jumping around like he's he's
1: a kid again and going nuts. So Matt Ryan, he needed this. Yeah. He enjoyed this. Yeah, he really he was did. Fired up yesterday. Oh, he
2: was he was on one. And I think that no matter how it happens, you got the win. And we'll talk about it more. There are some big issues. I mean, Matt Ryan has to be. What is he, does he just ice his body for two or three days? I
1: asked him. Like I found him alone in the locker room, and I was like, "How are you feeling?" He's like, "I feel great." And I'm like, "But like, how do you feel like your body?" And he's like, "He wouldn't. He wouldn't touch it." But he's too smart. We'll get into that. Five sacks, twelve on the year. That's a problem. But um, I got no problem with the way they handled the, the win. They deserved it. They beat the Chiefs. They outplayed the Chiefs. They outsmarted the Chiefs. They outcoached the Chiefs. The Chiefs found fifteen ways to lose this game. And in and you know we talking to some guys who were finally honest about everything, Mo Cox was like, I didn't leave the house last week. It was embarrassing. Like I was like they were down. And and they were professionals about it. But um the only thing that mattered, and we said this last week, the only thing that mattered was how they played on Sunday. And I thought playing them close was gonna be a sign of a step in the right direction, but beating the Chiefs changes everything. Um it's just one win. But going back to what Reich said, it does show you that this team could hang with some of the best teams in football. Now, will they every week? No. And will they lose to some teams they shouldn't be losing to? They probably will, because that's what the Colts do. But how about this? This is the most Colts start of all time. They have a tie stomped in Jacksonville, who might be actually pretty good. And they come home and they beat a Super Bowl contender. So there you go. There's been plenty to write about so far. But I do want to ask you about the defense that was completely different on Sunday. What did we learn about why that changed?
2: There was probably just less thinking involved. You know, talking to the players, it was more reactionary. But the other takeaway that I've gotten is like, there wasn't this huge, we got to abandon everything. Everything's over. It's, it's all terrible. Like the way Frank Reich described it, you know, players bought in more. Did they tweak a few things? Yes. I mean, they played Rodney Thomas a, a lot, a lot, and he played well. So, and Nick cross, for example, played one defensive snap the entire game. So there were some personnel changes. I know Isaiah Rogers got in there, but overall, I think that there was this sense of, we just have to be better, be cleaner, be sharper. And I think that it showed in the biggest ways at home, obviously there were some missed throws by Patrick Mahomes missed plays, but, it wasn't like he was living in paradise either. The biggest change to I me mean, no, was up front, pressure. Like the pressure. Cha- I mean, Grover Stewart's they been won great. They front four. Yeah, Grover Stewart's been great
1: all season. He's been a beast. Shout out to Grover Stewart. He's a pain in the ass to play, man. Like every, he's moving guys. He's making tackles in the like, back. You see like, the
2: film, and he- I think he gave you the quote. Was it last week where he's like, "My or some one of us, he's like, yeah, my job is just to just wreck everything and just ruin yeah, it." Ruin- it's that- like
1: job description. And that- blow that- stuff up. <laughs> and
2: that's what he does. And I think because of that, it made things on the back end a lot easier to trust to believe in because you know, you know your your guys up front are making it you know hell on Patrick Mahomes. He's going to hold the ball anyways because he likes to scramble and move. But it wasn't like you know he was just back there chilling like he was running too and he had pressure in his face all day. And Unique and Gakwe looked like the Unique and Gakwe that they brought in to be. So it was a huge step forward for the defense and just that front four, because for a change, they made someone else feel them. I thought that through the first two weeks, and it showed in the stats, you know, Davis Mills and Tre- Trevor Lawrence were back there chilling and dinking and dunking their way to victory, or to a tie, rather, um, for in Davis's case. But yeah, that was not the case for Patrick Mahomes at all. And he's obviously more talented than those two. So I think for the yeah, defense, a just a little bit, just a smidge. But I think the defense feels has to feel great about that. And I do think... With so many issues still with the offense, the defense has to play like that. Now, are they going to hold every team to 17 points and get a late game turnover to to end it and stuff like that? Probably not. But I do think that that probably has to be the identity, so to speak, of this team. If your offense isn't going to be that great, you have to be a lights-out defense and you have to be a defense that gets stops, gets takeaways. And we'll see if that one pick at the end you know, has some trickle down effect or, or gets guys to buy in or trust more so they can get even more takeaways. Because to me, that's also the difference is like you can play great defense all day. But this league is about turnovers and short fields and points. And honestly, that's how it worked for Kansas City. It wasn't like they were driving down the field and having all these great drives. They got good field position because of turnovers on, on the coaches part. So we'll see how they move going forward.
1: What stood out to me about the defense yesterday was the coverage was helping the rush, and the rush was working with the coverage. And there was so much disconnect the first couple of weeks. But you got Grover and Buck blowing up the run game, and you got Quitty Pay and yes, Yannick Ngakwe doing the edge work. And Ngakwe basically said like his back was messed up the first couple of weeks, and he did look like he was shot out of a cannon yesterday. And, and Reich said after the game that he doesn't feel like he's seen that much rush on Mahomes in his entire career. Now, I would I would counter that and say the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers oh, yeah. he was under fire <laughs> the entire game. So, let's not get ahead of ourselves, Frank. But I get what he's saying and and that's what it's supposed to look like when you win with the front four. And you got to think if Leonard comes back pretty soon, the takeaways are going to spike. He just has that very very innate ability to get the ball out to just pop it loose and other guys will will recover, but that's what the defense is supposed to look like. And remember, that was a defense without Julian Blackman in the second half. Rodney McLeod was playing, but also Rodney Thomas, who's a seventh-round pick from Harvard or Yale. I mean, not a guy that really we saw in training camp a lot. So, um, for me, it starts at the point of attack. It starts with 90. Grover Stewart, man, he's been Beast. Tr- tremendous. Like, Also, know, like, to him.
2: how nonchalant he is about everything that he says. He's
1: just, like, I want to be friends with Grover Stewart. <laughs> yeah, like, he's just he's a just, cool dude. Yeah. Like, throwback, like...
2: Just very matter of fact, the way that he talks about football, his assignments. I cannot wait to talk to him this week just to just to pick his brain because it's so I'm not saying like he's not smart. I just think that he the way he expresses himself is so simple in a way like this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I was paid to do. This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm going to do. Like, it's not a matter of if for him, it's just a formality like, hey, they put me in the middle of this line of you know, mess some stuff up, I'll just gladly do that. And he's one of those players you love to have on your team. And if you're looking across the line, you're like, it's a long day if he's on the opposite team.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right.
1: Speaking of those gaps, the Colts continue to forget to block people. Lord have mercy. And this offensive line is unbelievably confounding because it has three guys who've been paid huge contracts, and it has two guys who are new this year, but collectively they are a mess. I'll just say it. And we haven't gotten a straight answer of what's gone wrong, but Matt Ryan, let me just read these numbers right now. Remember, Matt Ryan is 37 years old. And he's not like he's big like Carson Wentz and can take a beating. And 12 sacks, which is the third worst in the league. The pressure rate is 29%. That's times he's pressured during dropbacks. 38 pressures, all told. And he's been sacked on almost 10% of his pass attempts, which is the sixth worst in the league. It's a problem. Anyone out there watching the game knows it. Now, Matt Ryan needs to clean up the ball security, needs to clean up the fumbles. That's on him. I don't think this is going to be a problem, but here we are talking about it again. After the third game, it's been an issue the couple the first couple of weeks, and it's going to continue to be an issue unless they fix it. But for me, you know, JT not springing some and and Matt Ryan being under pressure, this is a problem. And they are they are miscommunicating in a horrendous way. They are letting guys run right through those middle gaps to get to Ryan. I thought Pryor was better yesterday. I really did. But um, what the hell is going on with this offensive line?
2: Yeah, Danny Pinter had a rough day. He had a rough day. He had a couple plays. I don't think he's the answer. Yeah, I mean, it it looks like it may be too much for him.
1: I thought they might move to Will Fries yesterday just to mix it up, but they didn't.
2: To kind of piggyback off that Frank Reich said today, you know, there's still no forthcoming changes. I don't think that he would expose that to us early in the week anyway,
1: so we kind of have to wait and see. Here's what Frank said. There were more free rushers yesterday than I've seen in a long time against us. He said that was discouraging. I said, all right, Frank, are you considering any lineup changes? And he said, not at this time. We've not discussed that. Now, it's Monday, Players Day off tomorrow. They'll get to work on Tennessee on Wednesday. The players will, the, the coaches will tomorrow. But what, like, and I asked him, like, you've got a veteran quarterback. You've got a veteran center. How are these amateur hour mistakes continuing to happen these stunts and these twists these guys aren't even getting touched and they're going at your 37 year old quarterback who came here to not get hit and there was a first there was a third down I don't know it was it might have been fourth down it was fourth down where you know Paris Campbell's streaking across the middle he's wide open whether you like the play call or not Matt Ryan makes that throw 10 out of 10 if he has one more half second instead he gets blown up for the fumble like that's the stuff that continues to happen And I don't think it's an anomaly at this point. I think this line is very mediocre at best. And until they figure out these communication issues, this is going to continue to hamper this team.
2: And that's the part that's really, really concerning, especially with Matt Ryan. You just wonder, is he going to get up every single time for 17, 18 weeks of this 18 weeks, 17 games of this I used
1: to ask myself that question about Andrew Luck. And then one time he didn't get up. That's what I'm
2: saying. Like, Like, there's one thing to get sacked. He got blasted a few times yesterday, and I was like, okay, that –
1: He's a tough dude. Yeah. Tough dude. Phillip Rivers was a tough dude too. But – So was Carson.
2: You don't get any points for toughness. (laughs) Right. You You need to be on the field. Right. I mean, that's okay. You know, there's going to be times as a quarterback when you got to step in and take take a shot to the chest or on the chin, and it happens. That's the game. But to see him running for his life constantly was just – It's mind-blowing to see it happen continuously. But then also, on the flip side of that, you see the last play of the game where he threw it to Jelani Woods. He had time.
1: He had time. Give him time and give him protection, and he'll hit Pittman and he'll hit these guys. He's extremely accurate, and the stats bear that out. And I'm not also
2: absolving him, because there were some throws where he was not under pressure, and I was like, what is that? Like It looked like his arm just had given out or something or miscommunication. So there were some plays where you're wondering, like, how much does he have in the tank? But again, when the when it mattered most, and when Chris Jones ran his mouth, whatever he said, he came and stepped up and had time to actually make some plays, and the young guy stepped up and made those plays. It was the most ridiculously ugly win you could have, but it counts. Like We've talked in the past about deserve and how it looks. Nobody cares. It is a win. They needed it, I think, to not let this season – sort of slip away. I mean you look around we could say how bad you know the Colts have been right and they haven't been all that good they had some good moments yesterday but they're one one and one. The Raiders are 0 and 3.
1: If they went Sunday the whole narrative shifts. Exactly. And I'm not I'm not excusing Jacksonville.
2: How many people how many people had the like the Raiders being 0 and 3 and the Colts being 1-1 and 1 after three weeks and so
1: and, and in my mind I mean and I wrote this and, and I'll take the flack for it but the Colts are they're a missed 40-yarder away from 2-1. and one. Now, that does not excuse 24-0 in Jacksonville. But you're a missed 40-yard field goal, which should be automatic in this league from 2-1. and one, and, that's, and that's with a home win over the Chiefs.
2: And credit to Chase. Got a 51-yarder in there yesterday.
1: Good for him. It's nice to see the kicker. The Chiefs can't say the same thing. But if there's a flaw among the flaws with Frank Reich's Frank coaching style and approach he can sometimes be too loyal and, and almost believe to a fault in his guise. The Colts essentially put two guys out of position on this offensive line and just hoped it would work, right? Matt Pryor's not a left tackle, and they said, you're going to be our left tackle because we're not going to go sign someone. And, and I think it was pretty obvious that Matt Pryor wasn't exactly yearning for that job or necessarily comfortable with it early on. And he's a guy that, that struggles against speed and, and probably will continue in the next couple weeks. And then, right, you know, it's, it's very obvious at right guard that Danny Penner's not a right guard. He's a, he's a backup center. And it's almost like they're just saying, like, well, we want to get you on the field, so you're going to play right guard. I mean, that dude was demolished yesterday on a couple snaps. And that pressure right up the middle on your quarterback. I mean, there are times Matt Ryan can't even do a five-step drop, can't even do a seven-step drop. And so much for the quick passing game when you're getting that pressure up the middle. So, you know, one of the things I've taken issue with, and it it stretches to the wide receiver group as well, is Frank believes in his guy. And look, that's a great trait to have as a coach in one regard, right? You believe in your guys when no one else will. But it also can be damning and can hurt your team when you don't see the reality that is they're struggling. And Danny Pinter's struggling, and I'm not sure how many teams Danny Pinter would start on right now. And I'm not excusing Ryan Kelly, and I'm not excusing Braden Smith. Braden Smith has struggled. Ryan Kelly has struggled. Quentin's been pretty good based on the tape that I've watched. But that's a problem, and, and that needs to be addressed. And I know in my conversations with Ballard over the years when they've struggled on the offensive line, I don't know if they've struggled like this in 17. It kills him. Like, this guy lives for the trenches. And he put a lot of money, and he believed in this group, and they are completely underperforming right now, and that's a problem. And... I can tell you this, Matt Ryan did not sign with this team to be sacked 12 times in three games. Like, that dude did not come here thinking, Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, he's going to be on his ass half the game. And it's a credit to him that they won, and the, and the line played pretty well in that last drive. They gave him time. Taylor busted a couple. You know, he had, you know it takes time to hit Pierce down the sideline, but that's a problem, and teams are going to continue to stunt and twist and to design blitzes to get pressure and the Colts look sometimes like they're completely lost. And I cornered Ryan Kelly in the locker room yesterday and kind of was like, what the hell's going on, man? And he just kept saying communication issues, communication issues. But, you know, that's not good enough, man. Like, this is a veteran offensive line with $42 million on the salary cap this year and a 37-year-old quarterback. That's got to get fixed. And this was supposed to be one of the strengths of this team. And right now it's the thing that's got me worried the most about what they're doing the next couple weeks and months.
2: Absolutely. I don't need to reiterate everything you said because it's, it's spot on everyone with eyes can tell that anytime you got that many people coming through, I mean, some of the holes were just like, or lanes that they came it's through. Like a, it's,
1: looks like the seas parted.
2: Yeah. And then also just looking back at some of the film that I watched, you had a few plays where you're taking the wrong guy or, or you're blocking or you're you, you both, you're going at one guy and one guy just runs free. So I do think that's a communication thing, but why though I don't
1: think the trust is there. Like, and this is me speculating, but like, you know, I've talked to some of the guys in the in the room about this. Like, they never helped Anthony Costanzo. Like, they just like Quentin just let him do his thing on an island because he was really good and you didn't have to. It doesn't feel like they're playing with the level of trust in the guy next to him that they have in the past, and that's a problem. And that's exactly what you're saying about they're not leaving their guy. They're not, you know, they're just not playing. Like they believe in the guy next to him all the time. And that's what happens when you've got some weak links and they do right now. What are they going to do to fix it? It's it's September. Like you can't just find good offensive linemen on the street right now.
2: And that's where you wonder how far this team can go with the, the deficiencies that they have that they didn't address. And I thought it was, you know, a really great day, obviously, for Alec Pierce and others and others stepped up. But even in that first half, there were some times where you're just wondering, like, can this offense even get going with with no time to really get anything moving? And again, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but you got to be a realist. Their first touchdown was a gift. Like when they first went on, 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 when they first went out onto the field, the offense looked like it did the first two weeks. They punted, you know, Sky Moore. Muffs the punt, you get a gift at the four yard line, and you finally get it in, I think, on third down to Jelani Woods. Again, you capitalize on other teams' as mistakes. That's that's something you have to do in the NFL. But again, it wasn't like you drove down the field and did that. And then to kind of bookend it, the last drive of the game that you went it on, you would not have won it on if this guy kept his mouth Punch. shut.
1: Punting's coming out. Now that's not the Colts' fault.
2: No, no, no. And I do want to say this you have to give credit to them for capitalizing on the other team's mistakes. You have
1: to do that. Because you,
2: you can't, I that. feel like I can't kill them for you know making the mistakes that lose in the game and then come back and say, Oh, they don't get credit for winning the game. Like they won the game.
1: The Chiefs said, Here, here you go, take it. Exactly. And the Colts are like, All right, we're gonna take it. But I do think I'll give there, them credit for that.
2: There has to be some some points of like there's that high if you won. But then getting back to reality of like there are still some very prevalent issues throughout the team, not only because um, they're obvious, it's because that's the sign of a good team to me. You did not go out there and have a resounding win where you just dominated and you're really looking for things to improve on. There's a lot to work on, but I do think morale wise, trust wise, belief wise, it helps, especially when you're, you're looking to try to depend on some really young guys or unproven guys to step up. So. You know, plus one for the wide receivers and the tight ends. O-line, TBD.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm most encouraged. Like you said, like the belief in the morale and the trust, like it was a different locker room yesterday, obviously than it was the entire week before. And that matters. And, and this team's gonna have five or six or seven games this year that come down to the last play, the last minute. And they're either gonna make a play on offense or defense or the other team's gonna do it. And last year, it was the Colts who found ways to lose. Sometimes in spectacular fashion. I mean, there's just no way that loss to the Baltimore Ravens makes sense to me. Like they were up like 17 points in the fourth crater and they found a way to lose. I don't need to bring up, maybe I will, since they're playing the Titans this weekend, the left-handed interception. And I will contend in my dying day, that wasn't even the worst interception of the game. If you guys go back and watch the tape, the interception in overtime into triple coverage with JT wide open. was the worst interception I've maybe ever seen. It's a new year,
2: a new QB. It's a new
1: year, and Matt Ryan got Chris Jones to make a mistake, and he led his team down, and he threw a dime. That was a great pass to Jelani Woods. The Chiefs gave them the game. The Colts took it. That's a step forward. If they win Sunday against the Titans, I know Jim Irsay is going to be very happy because he hates losing to the Titans. And then secondly, I think that changes the entire narrative of the season. After two really rocky first couple games, for whatever reason, you couldn't get it done in Jacksonville and Houston. You come back, you beat the Chiefs. If you're able to beat Tennessee, that shows you've got a little resiliency in you. That shows you're going to be a tough out. I don't think Denver's that tough of a team. They squeaked one out last night. They didn't look good doing it. We'll see, but it feels like we're talking about a different team right now than we were seven days ago.
2: Yes, and Shaquille Leonard will, will remind me to keep that same energy, which is awesome. I love it. I, I like that. Uh, you know, I think that you need some of that in sports and you need that us against the world, our locker room against everyone else mentality. And it does feel different. It does look different. And to me, the win matters. Obviously, you—that's that's the most important thing. But personally, I was just thinking to myself, will they show up this week? Will you show up? They showed up in a huge way. They showed signs of life. Um,
1: I think being at home helped. Yes. I think.
2: Yes. Absolutely. I
1: think, and, and they answered. They answered. And some teams probably would have shrunk in that moment. Some teams would have shrunk. Uh, we weren't sure if Frank's message was still getting through to these guys. It works. I thought they had a great day as a coaching staff yesterday. They need to fix the offensive line. That excuses Chris Strasser from that comment. Do not think Chris Strasser is doing a good job with the O-line. But. This is a big one. This is a big one. If they answer that, then they have something to build on. Then they have really something to go back to in terms of, well, this is what we thought we could be at the beginning of the season when we're talking about AFC South titles with back to back wins over the Chiefs and Titans. Then I'm like, all right, then, then, we, then we can have a conversation. And out of the first two weeks, it was like, just win a game. Who are you giving the game ball to?
2: Game ball goes to Matt Ryan, in my opinion. As much as. Oh,
1: you're, you're stealing it from Jelani as Woods. As much
2: as you would give it to Jelani Woods. Matt Ryan got drilled and and beat down the entire game, and again Jelani Woods had the catch, but Matt Ryan had the drive. I mean, he put on the money to a lot of different guys, spread the ball around, and and and, and got it done. So I think he gets the game ball. Maybe he uh you know t- tosses one over to to Jelani and gives it away because he has so many game winning drives in his career and he's. Been there, done that. Sixth all time,
1: but That's good company. I
2: have to imagine that first one with the Colts, he probably wants yeah, to hang on to he that. Was one.
1: Fired up running off the field, hugging Matt Conti. Ryan deserves one, and a couple other candidates. Jelani Woods is probably going to be the guy I give it to. Game on the line, the dude makes the catch. That's why you're here. Grover Stewart, Zaire Franklin played his ass off at middle linebacker. Eight tackles, led the team. I thought Rocky twelve was tackles really actually. Good. Bob high. Kravitz like gets a half a game ball for being the only guy in town to pick the Colts.
2: Can you explain your tweet right now? Because I thought that was a very accurate well, des- description of what happened. So he's
1: Mr. Positivity. There you, go. you know, before the game, Colts by three. And I'm like, are you crazy? And then middle of the game, Matt Ryan, it looks like a liability, right? Everybody watched the game and they know what <laughs> I'm talking about. And and Bob's like, I'm, I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm going to change my pick. And then after the game, he's like, I believe the whole way. So that's why it's fun. <laughs> Kravitz is right for the first time in his career, and he's never going to let us hear the end of it.
2: Oh, yes. I was sick of it after about two minutes. of. I was like, man, like, I was joking with him. I said, when I get to this locker. I'm going to have to hear some stuff about how, 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 how I dogged them for not having any fire in Jacksonville. And he, he gets up, yep, you know me. I, I don't have to worry about that. You're on your own. And I'm like, get out of here. So jokes aside, that makes it fun for us. I think that's what you alluded to when I first started on the beat. And experiencing that, that shift from one week to another, was really cool just from a learning uh you know experience a new experience for me just seeing how much these guys put into a week of preparation and how low you can be after a loss and how high you can be after a win because you put so much into it there is no oh there's one tomorrow there isn't one tomorrow yeah you know so different from the nba exactly it's like,
1: it's like a weekly war and and you try not to ride the waves of momentum and i know frank and chris talk about this a lot but that's why this game is so fun It's why this league is so fun I mean you just don't know what's gonna happen and every week there's a new hero every week there's a new goat and I don't mean goat isn't greatest of all time there's a you know one week you can lose 24 to0 to the Jags and be ranked by some as the worst team in the league 32 in some power rankings the next week you can outplay and outcoach the Kansas City Chiefs a team that might end up hoisting the Lombardi trophy in a couple of months so that's why it's fun that's why we love it and I'll I'll be honest. I went to a coffee shop this morning to work and I saw a ton of Colts gear. And last week I did not see any. So the city has been revived and the belief is there. And they got a big one this week against the Tennessee Titans. I don't need to tell you guys out there how big this one is. The two time defending division champs, the team that stole the division last year from the Colts with two wins at, you know, not at the buzzer, but the second one was in overtime. The first one down there with Carson having bad ankles. this is a big one. This is a huge one for Jim Merce. It's a huge one for Frank Reich. We'll see if they can continue it, but it does feel like they really picked up like yesterday. They really got to pick up and the, the belief is starting to feel like, okay, like we're settling in. We know what we can do. We know what we can play with. Now they're going to have to back it up. And that's the tough part.
2: Absolutely. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of it. And of course, Tennessee gets a win and they have a weird way of pulling wins out that maybe they shouldn't win and losses that they shouldn't have. But they're a team that you can't overlook. And I think it's similar to Jacksonville. It's like a psychological roadblock yeah. in a sense. Like, a
1: couple of players mentioned that too.
2: Yeah. Like you want to beat them to feel like you've taken a step forward as a franchise, as a team, you, to feel different than in years past. So the opportunity will be there. Obviously Derek Henry will be a load to, to, to carry, to slow down, to monitor in a sense, but you have to feel good about where you're headed. Is just if you can sure up. I mean, if you just keep Matt Ryan upright, I don't know more than than not. It just seemed like he was running so much. Yeah,
1: maybe don't don't let your quarterback get sacked five times. Yeah, I mean, there's if, there's a blueprint. Like, let's
2: get like I don't know a two sack quota going or something like that, and and maybe things will look better offensively. But yeah, that was a uh, just again my my first time experiencing that that high low. I told you so. Uh atmosphere was really cool and I think that again it doesn't matter what you do on paper like it was mind blowing for me to look at the Raiders and see their games and they're and 3 and other teams like I think the Chargers are like one and two and and, and again
1: these are teams that they're banged up. Yeah. yeah, Colts are fairly healthy. Julian Blackman's got an ankle but that's day to day but
2: Yeah, but I mean they're 1-1 one, one, and 1 and a division that isn't that doesn't feel like it's super dominant, you have a chance to still be in it, and we'll see. And again, you had other guys seize the moment. Like I wrote it in my story about Jelani Woods, he literally seized the moment. I mean, that's the moment. That's that's what you had to do, and he did it. Now, you know, you you, you ride that high, you build on that. But I do think they needed this just to not let the rope go on this season because as much as they've climb back in seasons past i don't think you want to get behind the a ball and have to work so hard and essentially play perfect just to get into the playoffs and, and that's their goal i think you you know that's a win you need yesterday to kind of make up for the eggs you laid earlier and and now you got to handle business when you when you uh, have it in front of you
1: it's a good way to put it it is exhausting to climb back from those holes from one and four from one and five everybody's lived that the last couple of years that's followed this team colts 20 Chief 17, the result that very few people saw coming, although Bob Kravitz will let us know that he was the one who picked the Colts by three. For James Boyd, I'm Zach Kiefer. We'll catch up with you guys next week after the Colts host the Titans on Sunday.